morning message. Hello everyone and welcome. We want to welcome those of you that are joining us on podcast at Mike Springston FFC where we coach you in the word. This morning we're preaching from John chapter 15 verse 9 through 12. If you will go there with me. We're talking about when love loves me. And, of course, we want to uh, give everybody the opportunity to contact us through whatever means you desire. MikeSpringstonMinistry.com, Springston56 at gmail.com, FFCMA.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. From John chapter 15, verse 9 through 12, let's take a look. As the Father hath loved me, now I want you to think about that. Jesus just said, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Wow. Father, open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God says to us. Then, let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, we ask you to speak. Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal both what we should say what we should do, and what we should demonstrate. We will receive it (coughs) and release it to your children. We will give you all the glory in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. We've come to the all-important moment where Jesus makes a declaration That declaration is that love is passed from the Father to the Son. Very clear statement. The part of the verse, however, that is critical is what Jesus says next because he takes the love of God into places that it has not been understood before. He passes the exact same love of God, the same kind of love, the same style of love, the same depth of love, the same interactions with love on to his apostles and his disciples and his followers. Now friend, this is a great moment for those who are following him Because they are all of a sudden being transferred a love of which they've never understood nor they've ever known, but they have watched in action. They have watched the love of God that he's saying to them, if you will follow me and keep the words that I've declared unto you, I will love you the exact way, style, kind, and with the exact interactions that the Father has loved me. Love has been transferred to those who choose to believe. 
As the Father hath loved me, so, so have I loved you. Continually ye in my love. Think on this. We've described the Father's love and Jesus himself says in John 15, 10, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love even as I have kept my Father's commandments. Watch it now. And abide in his love. We have told you, of course, that the whole entire counsel of God was given to Jesus. How did he do it, Pastor? By love. So when Jesus says to you and I, through the disciples, someone said, no, wait a minute, Pastor, he was only talking to the disciples. Not true, because in John chapter 17, he said that his word kept them, and through their word, others would believe, and therefore, the blessings of which he's praying for them trickles right down the pipe. How does it do that, Pastor? Through your belief system. He said, I abide in your love, Father. You abide in me. I've abided in your love, and your love abides in me. So the whole counsel of the love of God has been exposed in Jesus Christ. God in Jesus Christ is transferring directly from his relationship to the Son the love of God to the believer. Now how did he show his love to Jesus? Well, let's look. If we walk through the book of John, this is what we're going to see in the first nine chapters. When Jesus stood at the wedding in Cana and was asked concerning the necessity for wine, the love of God allowed him to minister and turn the water into wine. When he was questioned concerning the miracles of God by Nicodemus, God loved Jesus and brought out of Jesus the new birth. When he met the woman at the well, God loved Jesus and brought out of him the love for the woman, even though that woman was full of faults. He said, if you'll drink of the water that I give, you'll never thirst again. What love? When he met the man at the pool of Bethesda, the love of God came out of him when he healed the impotent man. When the crowd by the sea of Tiberias gathered around about him, God showed the love of God through him and healed their diseases and fed the multitude. When the world hated him, when he went to the temple to teach, God loved him and caused the word of God to come out of him with such amazement that even the Lord had to stand in amazement and awe at what the love of God was. When he taught in the temple and they brought the woman taken with adultery to see if he would go along with the law, God loved him and gave him wisdom concerning how to deal extremely wisely with that crowd. We can go on to talk about the love of God when he caused the widow of Nain's son 
to be raised from the dead or when he brought Lazarus back from the dead. Of course, we know the love of God was present whenever he healed the sick, caused the blind to see, cast out the demoniacs. All of these acts and ministries were done by the love of God. When he surrounded himself even with unseemly characters, who seemed to be outcast in their day, it was the love of God working through him. These, my friend, to Jesus often seemed as very desperate situations. The opposition closed in on him. They were ready to stone him. They sought ways to kill him, but the love of God kept coming out of him. The people in Israel despised him, were in opposition to him. On every hand, even his own family, but something served to encourage him and something gave him peace. Something caused him to be comforted. I contend that that was the love of God. It was the love of God protecting him it was the love of God, God guarding him. It was the love of God keeping him. Now let's look at our day. We just heard the mayor of Chicago, the potential mayor of Chicago, say that he's going to take funds that belong to the people anyway and invest it in mental health programs. Because you know mental health and finding the answers there is the requirement for our day. Major topic in this hour. But along with that, we see things like oppression, depression, and anxiety. And these things are particularly, so they say, coming out of our young people. And then we get into this end-of-life issue. The predominant concern is the fact that people are contemplating, thinking about, looking into, possibly ending their lives. Now watch this. How can people, now listen what I'm telling you, who are taught so distinctly the power of themselves. Ever enter into oppression, depression, anxiety? Ever go into mental health? How can people who are taught you can do anything, be anything, go anywhere, have anything, that's the predominant thought of education. How can these people who are taught this and then look at themselves and not see what they like, come into such desperate situations when they are told how deeply to love themselves and how they are the master of their own universe. Think about that. How can people who are given a, an education of such dynamics, 12 years of free, maybe more than that if you consider all the three, four, and five-year-old education, be so entangled and confused that they look at who they are and see absolutely no hope 
for the person of whom they look at in the mirror. How can that be? We are taught our individual greatness, but yet we are consumed with no hope. So they determine now that a total change in that person must be had because the person they see have absolutely no chance for success. Huh. So you're telling me all the education, all the mental health, all the counseling, all the, the all of the stuff that we're throwing at people and have been for years has not conquered and taught them that they are the greatest. There's no one like them. They have all of the power. They can think it up and make it happen. Huh? Wow. What they're saying is, contrary to what we're telling them to say, is the person I see is inferior. The person I'm looking at, I'm not comfortable with. The person I need to have take me where I want to go, can't get there. So, they then turn to the idea that I must find someone that's not inferior. Whether it's real, imagine, make-believe, whatever it takes, I must find something that's not inferior. Now, watch this. I could find love if I could find someone else inside me that I could love. Here's the problem, friend. They don't know love. They don't understand love. They're not taught love. They're taught self-help. Self-help is not love. If you can't find love in the things that you say you love and the things that you are told to love, then the real reason for that is that you don't know or understand love at all. Why? Because there is but one love, and it is the love of God. There is but one love that will apply itself in every conceivable situation, and that is the love of God. When you look at the life of Jesus Christ, you see love applied across a broad spectrum of possibilities. Whatever he faced, love was applied. Whatever he went through, love was applied. There's no question about it. So when you are struggling to find love and you're looking for something that is not inferior to what you see, there will not be but one avenue for you to do that and it will be in the love of God. No other way. There's no other way. You can educate it all you want, but at some time we're going to come to the conclusion that education is not the answer. If it were, it would have already worked. All we are doing is putting more perfume on the mule. That's all we're doing. So, we need to understand. We are being told to love ourselves, but yet we don't see that love, and therefore we feel inferior 
Because the only love that we will ever really experience is the love that was produced and provided for you in the image and likeness of God that is in you. But you have to turn it on by your belief system. Why are you mistaken about love? Because you look at it from how you feel. And how you feel doesn't please you. You look at it from how it affects your interactions and how those interactions are coming about doesn't please you. Could it be that you just don't know love? Can it be that the love that you have learned is not love at all? But when we look at Jesus and we understand the desperate situations into which he walked, and yet, in all of those desperate moments, he was able to navigate and successfully complete his mission. We have to conclude that love of the Father that abided in him and him abiding in the Father has to be the reason for it. He knew an inner comfort. He knew the love of God was working in him. He saw the love of God provide the answers when the answers were needed. Remember Cana? Remember the widow of Nain? Remember Lazarus? Remember the blind man? Remember the demonic? The demoniac of Gadara? Remember when the child was thrown into the fire? All of these things express the momentary application of the love of God. And he said, My father has loved me. I will love you. So what's he saying? I will be in you the momentary application of love that you require when you require it, the way you require it, in whatever situation my love is required, I will be love to you. That's what God was to him. He's promised it to us in John 15. He said, as the Father loveth me, I will love you if you continue in my commandments. He knew the love of God was working with him. He said he abides in me. When he saw the love of God provide the answers, now let's say, let me say this before I move on. We saw him when he operated, operating in love and utilizing the gifts of the Spirit. I'll share more about that later, probably not in this message. But this love and operation in the Spirit is how he lived. Our general church refuses this resource. So the general church doesn't walk in the depths of love that Jesus did. What happens when we don't walk in the depths of love Jesus did? Well, we open ourselves up to a roaring lion who is waiting to devour. What's he waiting to do? He's waiting to, through the wilds and inroads of your mind to devour you. But Jesus was not in the, the, the uh, place to be devoured. Why? Because he lived in the love of God. 
and he walked after the Spirit of God. You can find all of the nine gifts of the Spirit in operation in Jesus' life. Sad to say that we have set our limits and boundaries upon the love of God, upon our love life, and now watch it now, upon our lovability on purpose. Have we done that? By not, the, the word I want to say here is by rejecting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was living an external life. I want you to see this. Jesus was living in the world while he was abiding in the love of the Father. Now this is a place of which anyone who follows the commandments of Christ should and can live. This relational love is a love that is meant to be transferred to us because Jesus said that he would love us as the Father loved him. So there was to be an abiding, a relational love that was to be transferred. So when Jesus tells us that he will guide us, lead us, speak to us, reprove us, and give us what to say, he is expressing this to us due to his relational love of which he learned from the Father. That's what the Father did for him. How great of a message is it that love loves me? The, the Father loved Jesus, and Jesus is loving me the same way. My God, what authority does love have? Well, in every circumstance Jesus came up against, love was the authority. In every circumstance that he encountered, no matter what it was, love was the authority that came out of the portals of glory through the economy of God and ministered directly in the situation. Why can't that be that for us? Because we never knew that as the Father loved him, he loved us the same way. Because we never decided that we were going to follow the commandments of Jesus Christ. We decided we would follow some of them. Oh yeah. We, we decided we would take some of them and say, all right, I, I'll do that because I want to go to heaven. But we never decided we would follow the commandments of Jesus Christ. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because frequently we have churches, doctrines, ministers, that preach against the very commandments that Jesus Christ gave. Now you cannot look at John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 and take them into our bosom, into our inner man, unless we are willing to accept the fact that what Jesus taught them, they were going to teach us. And we were not going to believe based on just what, what, based on what Jesus said. We were going to hear about it from them. And their words were going to be the ones that were going to give us the revelation inside of who he was. 
As a matter of fact, they're often referred to as the eyewitnesses. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, John, Peter, James, Jude. All of these men wrote about Jesus Christ. So when Jesus says in John 17 that we are going to come into him based on their word, that's exactly what has happened. We're going to know him based on their writing, their word, and their teaching. That's what has happened. So therefore, whatever he taught them, they are to give us. So when he taught them about the love of God and him loving them as the Father loved him and their, his love being contingent on the commandments, well, that applies to you and me. Every word of it applies to you and me. Can't get over it. Can't get around it. Can't get under it. Can't get through it. You, you have to simply operate based on what Jesus taught. Someone said, yeah, pastor, but all that stuff is done away. Really? Really? Too much evidence to the contrary. Too much evidence that if the Holy Ghost goes, so does knowledge. So does truth. Too much evidence, my friend. We cannot just take out of the Word of God what we want. Jesus won't allow it. He said, as my Father loved me, even so, even as I love you, keep my commandments. My God, because of this relational love, all things were placed in his hands. This is why when he returned to the Godhead, the Father allowed Jesus to release the promise of the Father into the earth. Now we see that Jesus is exposing something that will tell us why he has spoken in his last message with such depth of insight into what we must have to move forward. Church, if we do not understand the love of God, if we don't understand the equality of the love of Jesus, we will never come into the unity of the faith nor will we ever come into the measure of the stature of Christ Jesus. As the Father hath loved me, Jesus said, as he loved me, watch it, not one thing that was required for Jesus Christ to complete his ministry had been denied him. Not one thing. He had had the full measure, the full counsel of God. In verse 10 he tells us why. He got the full counsel of God and he will also tell us why we often do not have the full counsel of God. He said, because I keep his commandments. He loves me because I'm obedient. He loves me because when he speaks, I hear and do what he says. He loves me because he can be dependent, dependent upon me. He can depend upon me to put his direction before my own will. Now, 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 you just opened up a whole box. Because the reason that we refuse the commandments of God is not because the commandments are not there, but because our will will not allow us 
to go there. We choose to hold on to our doctrine, what we think. We choose to hold on to our mind. We choose to hold on to our tongue. We choose to hold on to our will. When Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane bled so that your will would be broken. My God. My God. He loves me, Jesus would say, because I place His plan before my own desires. Now Jesus unloads the words that must stir us and motivate us to live deeper in the spirit world. So, have I loved you? Continue ye in my love. I'm equipping you with everything you need to do the job. Everything that you're called to do, I'm equipping you with all of those needs. I am is your source. He was the source for Jesus. He will be the source for you. We have a man in the Godhead bodily who is touched with our weaknesses and knows our frailties. And according to Hebrews chapter 4, even in our weaknesses, loves us. And through our weaknesses, equips us with all of the requirements for being more than an overcomer. In this relational love is the ability to be used by the source of love. When love is surrendered to, works and deeds become the results. Works and deeds. Works and deeds. Well, we've taken that to mean works around the church, deeds of doing rummage sales, whatever the case. But Jesus didn't see the love of God through those eyes. His works and deeds were works of healings, works of deliverances, works of raising from the dead. But His works and deeds went further than that. His works and deeds went to the cross. His works and deeds went to the tomb. His works and deeds went to the region of the damned and was resurrected. His works and deeds went all the way into the throne room of God. But before he got there, he went into the tabernacle and sprinkled blood on the vessels of ministry. His works and deeds bore results in the spiritual world. Now hear what I'm telling you. The love of God in Jesus Christ bore results in the spiritual world and we are trying to operate the love of God to bring about results in the natural world. Why? Because we don't want to follow His commandments. Look what Jesus said in John 14. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? That the love of God is in me and I am in the love of God? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. I'm not talking about love because of myself. I'm talking about love because of my Father. The things that I do, I do because of the love of my Father. But the Father that dwelleth in me, He's the one that is doing the works. He's the one that is driving, encouraging, 
strengthening, giving me power and authority to do the works. Believest me that I am in the Father, in love, and the Father is in me, in equal love. Or else believe me because of the deeds, the works that I am done. Believe me for that sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, now watch this. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. What work was that? It's the work of love. What does the work of love do? Whenever it operates equally from the Father to the Son and from the Son to me. What work do I do? I do spiritual works. I do spiritual works that have natural manifestations. So before I can do any work, I have to believe by going to the cross. I have to set my belief system there. I have to believe by dying to the flesh. I have to believe by being resurrected from the dead and anointed with Christ. I have to believe by becoming a priest in the tabernacle of God. I have to believe that he is Lord. I have to believe that he is the man in the Godhead. And Jesus said, if you will do this, the works that I do, you will do also. How? The same way he did. By love. You will learn how to operate in the love of God. It will be the love of God that will flow out of you when you lay hands on the sick. It will be the love of God that will flow out of you whenever you are praying. It will be the love of God that is working through you when the word of God is boiling up as you study it. It will be the love of God that brings the revelation of truth. It will be the love of God that allows you to navigate the landscape of your day. The love of God. That's what this whole thing is about. The love of God that he is giving to us in equal measure to what the Father gave to him. My God, friends, we are full of the authority and the power of the creator God who is love. We can seek no more. But in order to get there, we must follow the commandments of Jesus Christ. We must live the life as Jesus Christ lived it. We must walk the steps and trod the paths and go the journey that Jesus went. In that are the commandments that the Father gave the Son, that the Son passed to us. So who passed? the commandment of the endowment of power. Well, God passed that commandment in love through Jesus Christ. Jesus passed that commandment in love to the disciples. He then went back, sat down on the right hand of God, having conquered death, hell, and the grave, having sprinkled the vessels, having become Lord, sat down and released that power. At the directive of love, the Father, he released that power into you and me. Even as the Father has loved me, so I love you. Keep my commandments. 
Father, I thank you for the word of God today. I pray that your word reaches into the depths of your people. I pray that we can get a grasp, a vision of what your love has done and how you desire to work in us in the spirit world through the very love of which you gave Jesus Christ and of which he is giving to us. May we be those who walk in covenant with your commandments. Father, I thank you today. If you're lost and undone without him today, I want you to ask him in. Simply say, Father, forgive me my sins. I want to know you. I've heard the truth and I want to know you. And he will. And you can join this family. If you're not living in the full commandment of God, don't have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You can have it today. If you will turn your mind and your tongue loose in praise and let the Holy Spirit minister and then speak what you hear. Father, I pray that you'll baptize those in the Holy Spirit today all over the world who are hearing this message that you will cause them to rejoice in you that you will cause them to turn their tongue loose and speak a language that they may not know but it is a language that you hear because when spoken it speaks directly to your ear. I pray that you will do that. I pray that you will release the Holy Ghost upon everyone that hears this message. I give you praise and honor and glory for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Well, friends, I've enjoyed it. I've felt the power of God as I sit on this screen and I want you to know today that I love you and I appreciate you, all of those of you from around the world. And I pray that this great Word of God will bless you and keep you until we have the opportunity to speak again. I'll be back in an in a hour and a half or so with tonight's Facebook post, The Bible Study. And uh, I'll hope to see many of you then. And uh, until then, Jesus Christ is Lord, and He is our man in the Godhead, and He, He loves you. Amen. God bless you.